As I begin this episode of Rolling for 20, I just want to say how awesome it was to talk with Dan from the Radio Free Borderlands podcast, which is also why I'm disheartened at how the audio turned out. I wound up with some distortion that I was just unable to edit out in post. But please, enjoy the podcast and enjoy listening to Dan the Man. Greetings, fellow Slingers, and welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. I'm flying solo on this special episode of Rolling for 20, as I have with me a special guest. Tonight, I have the honor of interviewing the host of one of my favorite D&D podcasts, Dan of Radio Free Borderlands. Welcome, Dan. How you doing? Good, good. So for the listeners, all six of them, tell me a little bit about yourself, please. Well, um... I started playing in around 1991. Um, the, the guy who taught me how to play and helped me roll up my first character, I don't think he knew what he was doing because he, he had me rolling stats on a D20. <laughs> I still remember that. Um, but I have played and run pretty much almost every edition. Uh, the only one I still haven't run is the basic one because it is, re- or not the basic, the original because it is way too hard to find copies of that that I would be willing to subject to the team. Now, I was your show's been on the air for about three years, right? Uh, actually, yes. Well, four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, you know, I, I found your show a little later. Um, I wasn't sure when you'd first started doing your, your first episode, but once I, once I found it, I just started shotgunning through all your episodes. And, That's and, okay. Those, those early ones are kind of... Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, you know what though? I I really enjoyed them though. I, you had a multitude of hosts on, and you guys talked about all different things and and all different editions. And I think that's that's really what sets your show apart from other shows is that you you know well the shows fall into usually one of two different categories. They're either uh, actual plays or they're the kind of kind of show that discuss the game itself and its rules and supplements. And yours seems to fall into the latter. But you also discuss all the different editions of the game, and that's what I think really makes it intriguing because that's what I like to hear, you know. And that's actually I that 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 was one of my goals from the beginning was, you know, I have a ton of stuff, and I wanted to talk about all of it because each edition had its own had its own strengths, its own weaknesses, its own quirks. And each of them, if you really think about it, is stealable, uh, no matter which one you're playing. You can take stuff from 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and push it into 5th edition just fine if you, if, if, you, if you get a little creative. So you should always, if you have a chance, go back and um, review some of that stuff again. You'd be surprised at what you might find. Yeah, I, I actually look in, love looking through my first edition and second edition books, and uh, I stepped away when third edition came out just because of, of life and my son being born and stuff. But I picked it up again when fourth came out, and I think I'm like one of a handful of you know handful of few people out there that really enjoyed fourth edition. 
And I, I've heard on your podcast that you seem to have enjoyed it as well. I, I think it gets a bad rag for that, but I, I mean, think it gets a seriously unfair reputation. Um, it is different. It's very different than the others, but in 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 that way, I mean, that's what kind of sets it apart and makes it a lot of fun to play because it is so out of the norm, and you can have a lot of fun with it. I mean. I, we ran through first to thirtieth level, and and we all had a lot of, a lot of fun in that campaign. Yeah, it's very uh, easy for people to get into, and it, it didn't feel like it left anybody behind. Like we're a mage at lower level in one of the earlier editions, seemed to fall behind the curve compared to like a melee fighter, and then later in in later levels they really seemed to just dominate the field. This seemed like yeah. everybody had something to do, and you never ran out of spells. And even the fighters can do something, you know, wonderful. And it, I don't know. I just I really liked it. I think it's it also because it got me back into the game at that point because I was starting to recollect a lot of my uh, basic stuff, my you know, of the Beck me sets and stuff. And it was just nice to to start finding something else to, that I hadn't seen before. So, yeah. uh, currently, right now, are you? I think I heard on one of your previous podcasts not too long ago that you were about to, uh, you were going to run a game at one of the conventions, a, a 3.5 game, was it? I think you were saying. I, I did a couple of things. Um, for the past two years at Gen Con in Indianapolis, I ran an edition gauntlet. What it was was a six-part story, and you, you split up into six different events, which kind of killed my free time there, but it was a lot of fun to do. And what I wanted it to be is like a multi-generational story. Um, the first one told like the rise and fall of a little town where, you know, in, in part one, the, the PCs for that one were there to help found the village. And then they watched it as, as it got corrupt and then the, the undead took over half the city and all sorts of things like that. In the second one I just did, uh, it ran through a war that lasted almost 120 years between these two nations, and each of them was set at a, a pivotal point in the in the in the in the war. And you know how, if if you look at the books, you see how um, we we'll use the Forgotten Realms as a good example. They, you know, every edition they release a new uh, basic campaign source. And they up the timeline, you know, five years, ten years, whatever. And I actually followed that. I, this was in a world that I created, but then I used that kind of formatting where it was like, you know, okay, so the second edition one happened about you know, five years after the first edition. The third, the third 3.5 happened about ten years later, and the fourth edition one was about 100 years after that one, you know? Well, how long, was, I, how long was each well, session? Hmm? How long was each session? Oh, they were uh, four hours apiece. Wow! So, um, so some you, of them cut the cut the time really close. I'll tell you that. Wow, that's crazy. That's that's a lot of uh, DM notes you've got going on there for all the different editions and the different monsters and and everything else going on. That's that's impressive. Yeah, and and the, you know, obviously, some of those late later night ones, you know, you start to your mind starts to bubble up with the rules starting to coagulate with each other and before you know it you got to start apologizing i'm sorry i just ran a 3.5 game i i i i mixed it up with this one so and the, the people were usually pretty understanding 
I, I still get that at times, like when I'm DMing on Wednesdays, I'll say, okay, make a reflex save or something. They're like, oh, it's, uh, it's not that, it's dex now. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just one of those things that kind of carries over from one of the other editions. But do you, yeah. do you personally have a favorite edition? Um, when it comes to the rules, no. When it comes to uh, an emotional uh, attachment, Yes, and that's, and it is, and I tell people, it's purely based on an emotional attachment. It has nothing to do more than that. I will always be, I will always have a very soft spot in my heart for second edition because that's what I started with. That's where my initial characters went. That's where all of the stories that I still remember with my buddies in high school and in college, that's what I remember. I like all of them, but I will always have a soft spot right there because of my background now do you do you prefer to dm or do you prefer to be a player in a game uh well you know what honestly it depends um i've been in a few situations where i really wanted to play and then the dm was struggling and i offered to help or a a lot of times what usually ends up happening is is we try to get a group together and who wants to run it no one raises their hands so it's like, okay, either I do it or we're going to play the DC uh, deck building game again. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I've been mostly running. So, and I'd l- love to play again, but, you know, it's just the way it is. So you currently run a game now then? Uh, I do. Um, what I did was we have a kind of an unofficial group of uh, role players up in this area uh, called the Appleton Area Adventure Roleplay Guild. And I was going to run a second edition game at my house, but when I talked to these guys, they started saying, well, I know a couple people who are looking for a game. Would you be willing to run it at this uh, game store? So I went over there. I talked to the owners. He talked to the owners, and I started running it over there on Sunday. And what it is, is just because I wanted to get my, my, my feedback into a regular weekly game. So I, again, purely based on familiarity, I, 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 I'm running second edition. And, but what I'm doing is I took a, a line of classic module um, from first level all the way up to, I think, about 15th. And I'm going to be running through those. Uh, I started them at level one with, uh, Ken, I guess it called it the Reptile God. Okay. And, and now they're going through the Slavers series. They're in A2. After the Slavers series, then they're going to go to against the Giants, and then they're going to go to uh, uh, the the Drow series, and then we're going to do Queen of the Demon Web Pits to end it up. So kind of like, I, I kind of described it as, this is the greatest hits of... D&D modules right here. Yeah, I mean, you're, I tell you, your knowledge of the of the lore of, of old, it just staggers me. I mean, when you talk about your retro reviews and you break out this book and that book, and I'm like, I wonder if he's going off of a PDF. And no, you're using like an actual book and you're going through and you're, you're breaking it down. It's, I mean, that's one of the things that I really wanted to interview you about is that because you have such a wealth of knowledge in this field that doesn't just stretch back one or two editions, uh, it, it goes all the way back to first edition. You know, and I think that's, that's phenomenal. You know, when I listen to your stuff, yeah. it's, 
it just blows me away every time you do it. I mean, you got to keep those coming the whole time. Yeah, you know, what I think part of it was, and, and this may sound kind of stupid, but if I really think about it, part of that might just be because of the the connection that TSR had to um, where I lived. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Milwaukee, and Lake Geneva was only about a half an hour away. So you would see, you know, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and you'd see these names, and you'd realize if I just drove down there a little bit, I could run into some of these people. And then Gen Con was right in my backyard, almost, you know. It took us 15 minutes down Interstate 94 to get Gen Con when it was in Milwaukee. I mean, it was... So I, I think part of it was that and realizing, you know, kind of kind of that uh, hometown pride of this came from us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's just crazy. That's, you know, over here in California, we see like a lot of different things. But I mean, I had always wanted to go to Gen Con or to Gary Con or something like that. And I just it's so far from where I'm at. It's it's not financially feasible for me to get on out there you know, once a year. And then I, so I just kind of get the, the highlights from, from shows like yours that break yeah. it down of what it was like. And I could live and experience it vicariously through you guys. And it, you know, I get all the good highlights. I don't get like, yeah, you know, the water yeah. was bad or, or, you know, this or that. But I mean, I just, I thrive off that information and it's just, it's really nice. And I, I try to stay away from some of the negativity. I mean, every year, every year you see the people talking about Gen Con and it's, Oh, this and woe is this and woe is this and this is making us. I, no, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not even bothering with that. Uh, I'm focusing on the stuff I'm running and the stuff I'm planning on buying. Uh, but let me tell you, if if you're a collector, the the Gen Con consignment area is like the greatest garage sale you'll ever be to. I'm a collector, much to my wife's dismay you know you oh uh, you you know amazon again amazon again it's like yeah yeah you know whatever i work too you know so we're all working oh. no i hear you I, I i pulled something like that uh, a few weeks ago uh, my wife started trying to she wanted to start selling things on ebay she has a lot of stuff she wants to get rid of from her grandparents estate and the problem was is nobody was even looking at her stuff and i'm like well you know we're using my account and I've had this account since, like, 2001, and I've only bought a few things, so we probably want to get a little bit more uh, activity on this. So maybe if I buy a few things, <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. So instantly I'm, I'm going to the to the Ralpartha AD&D stuff. Yeah, I hear you which is talking about that. Some of these while she, before she says no. That's great. Yeah, I I always look at that when I'm looking on eBay, too. How long have these people been around? What's their feedback like? How many items have they purchased or sold? You know, I'm, I'm always fresh up to that. Now, Yeah, eBay's, eBay was a good place. I've only overpaid. Like, I bought I bought a few of my friends. When, when they had sold off their stuff, they wanted to get back into it. I bought them copies of the players' handbooks off there because they were easier, easier to find in the, than at the secondhand stores around here. But I, I thought the prices were reasonable. The only time I think I overpaid for something was I 
it was like some Ozzy Osbourne CD that I think I paid three times too much for. <laughs> but you had to have it, man. You, you got you can't live without that. You got to yeah. It's got to complete it. Make that album anymore. And that that actually kind of segued into a, a few of my other questions. Is like where do you? I've heard before that you get a lot of your inspiration for character building from music and from movies and from old uh, D&D books like Dragonlance and stuff is, you know, just trying to find, how do you find the soul of the character you're building? You know what? It could be a song I'm listening to. It could be, and honestly, that's pretty much where a lot of it is. I'll be sitting at work and it's one of the beautiful parts of where I work is that I can throw a set of headphones on and it's okay. Um, and there are a few groups or uh, albums by these groups that really just like to spark my imagination. Um, and I've mentioned a few of them on the show. I've even done a couple of episodes dedicated to a couple of groups. And then, and then I also discussed, I, I, we were calling them, what was it, like Cinema Theft, where we'd come up with, you know, here are some movies. Try to, try to, try to burn some ideas off of it. And, I mean, you'd be surprised at the dopey movies that you can come up with adventures for if you really, really wanted to. Now, have you ever played in, like, uh, less than hospitable conditions, like whether it's in the woods or the rain or the back of a camper or something like that? Do you have any anecdotes for something like that through all these decades of playing? I mean... Yeah. And then you read the, the novels and... Um, Sometimes I like to go back to that well. There are people I know that don't like rereading those novels. And it's like, no, I like rereading those novels the same way that if I really like a movie, I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same way with that. I've watched Predator, I don't know how many times, or The Thing, or you know, just oh, yeah. can't get enough of those things. So I think, I think I've about covered just about most of my questions. I uh, just really want to touch base with a... An awesome podcaster such as yourself. Um, okay, thank you. I don't. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the show. Just to make sure we're not fake, <laughs> but we're real. Uh, I, 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 I. You know what? I, I'll be honest. I didn't get a chance to, but that's partially because I've been having serious problems with iTunes lately, and my stupid iPod keeps on freezing out on me. That's okay. So it, I'll edit all this out. I'm going to edit this out. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. No, no, I'm going to leave. The, I'm going to leave this in because this is golden. <laughs> Listen to this guy. He's a butthole. Oh man. I no, not at all. <laughs> but uh, I'm super glad you accepted my invitation to come on and be a, a guest uh, appearance. And if there's anything you'd like to say or any plugs you want to put out there for your show, please let me know. And Now's your chance. And like I said, this guy's great, everybody. He runs one hell of a podcast. Oh, thank you very much. You know what? I appreciate you, you bringing me on to, to, to just talk because, you, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, I got two kids and my games are on Sunday. So between Sunday and Sunday, it's, it's work and deal with dealing with the war between my two children every night. It's the same way I just had my daughter poke her head in the door. My son's in his room. My wife's off doing her, her training yoga stuff that she teaches. And I got two dogs, a bird. I know life is just super busy, especially as you get older. But, oh, you know, kids, I'm, well, glad, I'm glad to see you keep gaming, though. Computers. Hmm. I'm, 
I said, I'm, I'm just glad to see that you continue to keep gaming, though, because that's important. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, I've had times where, you know, I've put out a, a, an episode like every week and sometimes even like two a week. And then there are times when I, I struggle to get out one a month. A lot of it is I need to find something to say. And if I don't feel like I have something to say, I don't want to put something out there that people are going to go, uh, what is he talking about? <laughs> you know, I would, I don't want people to have to listen to that if I have nothing good to say. You know what? I've never stopped any of your podcasts short. I listen to them front to rear, and sometimes I've even listened to them again. You know, I just, I, I really enjoy your podcast. I enjoy the news that news feeds that you give us, and I don't know how you get all your current news, but I'm grateful for it, and just keep thank on doing it. Thank you very it. much. Well, Dan, thank you for coming on the show, and everyone out there, say good night. This is, once again, Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Have a good night, Dan. Thank you. You too. Take care.